Okay, I believe we are now recording. Oh my god, yay! We're back! It's been a long time, we apologize. It's been a very long time, and mostly due to the fact that life just got really busy. It did. I had a lot of school going on, a lot of group projects, I had like four and i fucking hate group projects um and you are a teacher so you had a lot of work being a teacher i think a lot of people tend to think that like as soon as oh i do grading and i give tests and then i just fill that stuff in the grade book and i'm done but there's so much that goes with it. i know i was helping you there's a (laughs) lot of fucking work there's a lot of work that goes into it and i will reiterate this that i've always said that the statement about those that can't do teach not true at all it's so much work and there's so much requirements and i think i've learned to respect a teachers that i've had growing up and b teachers in general that i think just kick ass way better than i do at this whole teaching gig my friend she puts so much work and so much effort and she's so selfless and she dedicates so much of her time and i think in that regard i'm a very selfish person because i value my time Way too much. I think I hold it really high on this pedestal. And there's some teachers that like will sacrifice that for the greater good of the community and for helping kids. And I'm not that I'm saying that I'm not here to help, you know, the kids or help my students. But my depression got bad. My anxiety got really bad. And I, for once in my life, I actually prioritized that more than whether or not I was doing my job above and beyond. I didn't really have anything else except school, but it was a lot of work. It felt like it was like pouring it was constantly pouring amount of work and i'm like if i don't keep up i will get behind so i had no other option but to just continue with school and do what i was doing and uh, I think that's kind of why we disappeared i think that's kind of why we went away because i know there's people are like specifically our brother our older brother he's like when is the next episode coming out and i'm like we got shit to do Life took over. I didn't think people were going to be that big of fans of it. And so I was very surprised when people were asking us where we were, why wasn't there any new episodes. And I really do apologize for essentially disappearing for three months. Oh, my God. But, I mean, life really did take over. And we did talk about how we're very, very busy people. But I'm a teacher, so now it's summer. And I'm a student, and now it's summer. So we really have all the time in the world to record these episodes. There's not an excuse not to put out an episode. So with that being said, this is Gay and Vijay, where we talk about pop culture, personal stories. Bendejadas. And the fourth P of the week is a silent P. It's Pfizer, because we're fully vaccinated bitches now. Fully vaxxed. Fully vaxxed. So let's... The world has changed a lot. It's always constantly changing, obviously. The world doesn't stop for you. But in the time that we've been gone, I think the last time I recorded an episode, we talked about how I got my first dose. I'm fully vaccinated. Our last episode was the Valentine's Day one? Our last episode that went pu- that we posted uh, was the Valentine's Day. We did I, record one after. We did record one after that bits and pieces will make it into another episode. Because we did majorly talk about Pride. Yeah. And it is Pride Month, and we would not be gay with Jay unless we didn't dedicate a whole episode to Pride. Yeah. So that little tidbits and tangents we'll save and we'll reinsert it into a newer episode yeah. where we get to talk about being gay. <laughs> but, I mean, other than that, I mean... You we were living... half faxed. I was half vaccinated, In I February. believe, when we released the second episode. I was half vaxxed. Either was... in March or February. I don't remember, but I'm we're both fully vaccinated now. Now we are. Everyone yeah. that lives with us is fully vaccinated. Most of my social circle is fully, fully vaccinated. vaccinated. You didn't go through the ringer like I did when I got the second vaccine. I didn't. We both got Pfizer. Yeah. We both pa- got Pfizer. Got I did not Pfizer. go did not go through the ringer. I did not really get sick. I think the worst is when I got my first dose. Really? I got a really bad headache. And I kind of felt a little fatigued the second day. Like, my body kind of hurt. But beyond that, like, my second dose, like, I was, like, counting down the clock. I kept looking at the clock, like, when is it going to hit me? I never did. 
I think it's supposed to be gradual, and if you're not feeling anything and you feel completely normal, I don't think it's going to hit you. It was... The second one to me... The first one to me was just a headache. Like, I get headaches all the time, so it's nothing new. Nothing new. But the second one, I got the second one, and then my arm felt terrible. I couldn't go to sleep. I woke up at, like, 4 in the morning, and I went to get ibuprofen, and I was, like, crying because I'm like, I can't go to sleep. And the next day, I had, like, a fever. I had chills. I had, again, another headache. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is fucking horrible. But that's not to discourage people from getting the vaccine. Because I'm like, you're just going to be sick for a day compared to actually contracting the virus and being sick for a long time. Agreed. Agreed. And I'm just really happy that we're moving forward. People always have this conversation. I think it's become really an annoying statement. But I think people have a right. And I think you know what I'm going to say, that I just can't wait till things go back to normal. Really? And they also say, this is our new normal. Yeah, this is the new normal. But I think it's like, we just have come out of a pandemic that really, like, knocked out the whole world. Yeah. There is no going back to normal. Because normal, first of all, is so different even going from house to house, resident to resident. Like, going through country to country, state to state. Like, what is that sense of normalcy? For me, normal is, like, I can go to the movies. I can go out to stores. I can... You know, gather with my family and friends and, like, get-togethers. But, like, within that normal that you know, there's, like, modifications now. Yeah, I I think I personally, a year after uh, this pandemic has started, I've adjusted. And I think most people learn to adjust. I I think in the beginning, we were all like, what's going to happen? My life. Everybody was going through a sense of anxiety in the very beginning. And if you said you weren't, that's a fucking lie. But you were. It was hard in the beginning. I think there's some homebodies that thrived. Oh, I'm a homebody, but I'm also, like, a person that was, like, always watching the news, so I was, like, a homebody with anxiety. Part of me was a little bit of a homebody that thrived a little bit, only because I hate... I hate going out to places I don't like to be at. Like, if I have to be there out of obligation, like, I hate that. (laughs) But, like, I'm really big. Like, I like to travel. Yeah. And I like, you know, my date nights with my boyfriend. Those things obviously, like, took a halt for a while. But I, I don't think necessarily, like... It, I don't know. It didn't like, I didn't get anxiety over it. I did get more anxiety of the state of our relationship because when the pandemic had hit, I think we had only been together for about a year. So, a year and a couple months? Yeah, about a year and a couple months. So, when the pandemic had started and like it went in effect and everything, was it a year or was it two? No, because it was a year. Yeah, because you had two in December. You're right. Okay, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was only a year. So, like, at that point, like, we were uh, how we both move in our pace. Like, we were both, like, oh, we're serious about each other and we're committed. But at the same time, like, I didn't feel like it was super, super, super serious. So, I was like, when you're in the middle of your relationship where it's, like, shifting phases, it's very interesting to feel like, am I being selfish by continuing to see this person? Because technically they're not, they don't live in my household. Yeah. But I do think, like, well, we took COVID very seriously here the house so like imagine had i just chosen not to see him for that full year because he wasn't part of yeah. my inner circle that relationship would have deteriorated yeah it would have i was i'm not i was not lucky but i'm not in relationships so i didn't have to worry about that i just had to worry about what was going on in the news and the family you had to make it we you have to make a decision about it was really scary for i think i don't know maybe there are people out there that like relationships did not survive a pandemic probably not right so People that are kind of in that in-between state, you know, I'm pretty sure they can relate to the idea of, like, well, what do I do? Yeah. We had to accelerate, essentially, the relationship in order and make that decision. Like, we have to be serious because we're about to enter a pandemic. It's about to start. It's about to change everything around us. We have to make this conscious decision about whether or not we're going to move forward. Because even though we're a year in, some people, for that, for some people, that's enough to get engaged and get married and have children. For me, that's just like, okay... We're doing really good. Let's see how year, year two treats us. Yeah. So making that decision together as a couple, you know, it, it, it's tricky because maybe one person doesn't want to move fast. But the pandemic is going to make you just make that decision. It's like it's an hour and hour situation. And we decided that we were going to obviously we both loved each other and we wanted to keep seeing each other. So we made that decision that we were going to include each other in our social circle. And we had to pretty much understand that, like, Beyond our relationship and our family, 
there was no other group of friends and there was no other group of people to spend time with because honestly honestly though because like when the pandemic had started we had a vacation planned and then two weeks after that i had another vacation planned with my best friend in san francisco and that got canceled and prior to that i had not seen both of them since january and i did not see them again until november and it was for two hours and we were outside socially distanced like with masks and like we were all like sitting apart and then that was like we basically if we don't we wouldn't even count those two hours i didn't really get to see them for like a whole year and a yeah like a year a year and a couple months because I was like, oh, well, this is a sacrifice we have to make. And I'm like, Snapchat really got us through that. Our friendship would be texting each other. I'd be like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see you fucking hoes. Or, oh, my God, oh, my God, like, can't wait until we meet up and we can have sleepovers and blah, blah, blah. So. I didn't go through that personally because when, when, when COVID started really, like, changing the world around us, I was actually going through the process of, like, losing a really close friend, friend. of mine um, who decided they want to be my friend anymore, which is completely their decision, and I respect that. So I really didn't have friends. And my best friend currently, like, she's amazing. Love her. Shout out, because she's probably listening. She and I work together. She's a teacher as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, there was, like, and we work at the same school. Yeah. So, like, I was going to see her. Well, you guys are- had like and a shared we, experience and we had that shared experience where we're both working at the school together we're already teachers but at the same time now we're going through the pandemic and being teachers together and really we were each other's kind of support system to complain about like how much work they piled on teachers let me tell you like buy your teachers some shots i don't drink but like buy your teachers some shots buy them something you they did. deserve those teacher appreciation <laughs> gift cards you know what shout out to my all my students Thank you very much. They gave me gifts because those Starbucks gift cards were appreciated because I was tired. She go to Starbucks like every week. I do, and the, those gift cards, I still have. I still have a couple saved in my purse. Do you want just a quick tangent? I don't know if we're gonna come back to the original conversation, but do you want to talk about the lack of s'mores frappuccinos? Oh, at Starbucks! <laughs> don't get me started. Do not get me started. It is not June. It is not the start of summer. Without a s'mores frappuccino. It's not technically not summer yet, though. But you know what I mean. Yeah. The essence. The essence. People are going camping. It's not summer. Maybe they, no didn't, s- they didn't feel it was summer, maybe. People are going camping because of the pandemic, so we don't need a s'mores frappuccinos. Mm-hmm. No. No. I needed that s'mores frappuccino, and I am pressed. Because on top of them discontinuing the s'mores frappuccino, I don't know if it's coming back at all. I hope it does. I heard they're having a lot of shortages right now at Starbucks. They are. Yeah. But a lot of the like, purees, if you get a, the refreshers. Refreshers fam, are you struggling? Because I sometimes can't get my strawberry lemonade acai refresher. <laughs> That's a different story for a different time. But yeah, there's no s'mores frappuccino this year. And, and I'm there's mad. no... Because you know how I go off Yeah. during the summer with the s'mores frappuccino. Yeah. And to add insult to injury, they introduced um, the funnel cake one. And people said it's gross. Yes, I heard that. I was watching a YouTuber, Mr. Cheesy Pop, and he said it was gross. He said it's like, it's too fucking sweet. And I'm like, I'm a person that likes too fucking sweet things, but I'm like, not that much. I haven't tried it, though. I thought the s'mores frappuccino had a nice balance. It was like, it had had like the the sweetness from the marshmallow. And like the cinnamon of the graham crackers. Like the graham cracker. And then like it had like, obviously you can really taste the coffee. And then it had like the richness of the chocolate. And to take that away from me, when... I went to Dutch Bros, and this is not to slam Dutch Bros or to not, like, you know, to discourage them from any future sponsorships, but their drinks don't not, did no. not live up to, to Starbucks. To the Starbucks they, one. To me, They're, I. heavy pieces of dark chocolate on top of it. Yeah, because I got the s'mores frappuccino or whatever the fuck they call it at Dutch Bros. And to me, it tastes like the, it tastes nothing like s'mores. It tastes like the Starbucks drinks that you get at the store that are refrigerated and you just drink that but it was like hella icy and chippy i'm like it was not good i wouldn't get it i don't recommend i'm sorry i'm sorry touch pros but i don't recommend i'm pressed though because while you're upset over the s'mores frappuccino they didn't bring back the s'mores blizzard at dairy queen confirmed like do we know that's for sure yeah because they they released their summer their summer flavors and s'mores wasn't on there so i'm a little pressed 
I'm a lot pressed, actually, because I really fucking like the s'mores blizzard of Dairy Queen. So I, I feel your pain. I don't know. I just, I'm upset. I'm upset. And <laughs> I don't, I'm just so mad. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a 26-year-old man. And I'm upset. I'm upset. What about, um, you got the s'mores Oreos, though. Did you like those? I do like the s'mores Oreos. And there's hope to grabbing those Oreos and turning them into, like, some kind of, like, milkshake. Okay. So, there's I believe, hope. There's hope. I believe you can do it. Also, I'm a s'mores anything. I love me a s'mores anything. Which is really ironic, because my mom does not like s'mores. She but, doesn't like s'mores. She, she doesn't like s'mores, I think, because she thinks they're messy. They're delicious. They are delicious. They also didn't, they don't have the s'mores, like, milkshakes at, like, Red Robin, which I also go off on. Sometimes. I didn't know there was a s'mores at Red oh, Robin. Yes, and it was good. But they're not, they don't have those... My boyfriend doesn't really like the s'more. He didn't really like the s'mores frappuccino, nor did he like the s'mores milkshake because he doesn't like the those like freeze dried marshmallows, which is what they put um, in the drink. I like it. I like the texture. I'm like the freeze dried are the ones in the hot chocolate too, aren't they? Yeah, I like those. I don't let them melt into my milk. I eat them before no, they like, they're, they're gone. Cold, they stay a little harder. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't like that. So yesterday, my my aunt was over. I don't know how the hell we started talking about it. I'm currently I'm building. Oh my god, I'm building right now a little mini house that you got me for my birthday, or a little botanical garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it right now. So yesterday my aunt came over, my mom's sister, and we were in the kitchen and we were talking. And I don't. Oh, it's because like right, like my grandpa got like this like shot, and he thought he was gonna get it like up here, so he had his shirt up. And my mom was like, "Why do you have your boobs out?" And he's all like, oh, "I thought it was up here." And like my mom was like, "No, it's gonna be in your ass." <laughs> and then, anyways, so that like got me thinking, and I was like, while I was building my house, I like looked up and I was like telling them a story. So, two years ago, I had like a bump on my chest, on my boob. And I was, like, putting it off because I was so scared to go to the doctor. I right, right. Check That's it out. something scary. Yeah. And so I, like, finally mustered up the courage and I was like, okay, I have to go. I went to the doctor and they're like, oh, you have to go to this different town to go get, like, a – to get a sonogram of your chest. Uh-huh. And so I was – I went over there with my mom, drove me there, and then she stayed there. And so the sonogram is only for, like – People who are, like, pregnant and going to check out if they have a baby and people who need x-rays and, I don't know, it was just the sonograms and, like, mammograms. I'm pretty sure people thought I was pregnant. Anyways, so I get called up and they take me to the back and then the guy's all like, oh, like, take everything off from the top half. Obviously, you're not going to take everything off from the bottom half. And just put a rub going forward and a rope going backward. And I was like, Okay. And so I go into the room and like, okay, go to this first room. And that was in the first room. And then the doctor or the the lady who was going to like check my titties out, she was all like, okay, go ahead and like take it out. And I don't know what happened. I don't know how I maneuvered it that like at the end I had like, (laughs) the door was closed. (laughs) I had like both my titties out in the doctor's office. And then she's like, no, 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 just one. <laughs> You're like topless. And I was like, okay. And she's like, no, 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 you just need the one that has the lump on. And I was telling this story yesterday, and my grandpa was cracking the fuck up. Like, he was, like, having one of those carcajas where he could not get air. He was, like, really, really going through it. And then, like, my mom and my tias were, like, cracking up. Oh, my God. But, like, my tia's like, that's so embarrassing. I was like, well, I didn't know. I don't get sonograms and I don't get mammograms. So, like, I just had, like, she's like, take it out. I was like, okay. (laughs) So I took both my boobs out. It's the boob doctor. I can do that. Oh, my God. It's not like she hasn't seen boobs that day. Yeah. What's an extra one? What's an extra boob? I like how, like, one boob is, like, that's, like, that's medical. But two boobs? That's too like, much. what the You're fuck being, are you doing? Girl, that's racy. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, for those who are wondering, I'm a hairy bitch, and it was just, like, a cyst. It was an ingrown hair on my chest. I can't get those, but, like, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you're a hairy bitch with wavy hair or curly hair... You are going to get those. 
we never really gave a conclusion on WandaVision because it is in that old episode that we never posted. I had and, some but good I, ass fucking like analysis in that episode. I know. If you me can too. stitch it in here. <laughs> stitch it in. Stitch it in cuz I I I'll tell my boyfriend to edit. 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 Cuz it was so good. It was like those late at night conversations we were yeah. having. Well, I mean like now the Falcon and the Winter Soldier ha- has come out. And I loved it's it. coming in and went and I think we're waiting for Loki, right? That's Loki the new comes one. out next week. Okay. Let's have a little bit of a little Marvel co- little Marvel Ka? I think I was going to say Marble Cock. Ooh, leaked photos. Uh, I'm just kidding now. Um, Chris Evans? <laughs> I was talking about Marble Talk. A um, little bit of WandaVision, a little bit of Falcon Winter Soldier. We'll be a little about... relevant. Yeah. So, first of all, let's, st- let's start with the old, which is WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, I feel like we keep having this conversation over and over and over, and we probably have it in an episode, but to me, the success, because it is a success, whether or not people liked it, people thought it was too slow, people thought the plot didn't take off right away, WandaVision was a triumphant success. People were talking it about it. People talked about it every week. People joked about it. There was memes. WandaVision was super successful. It actually ended up taking a whole bunch of awards, I think, for like the MTV Movie yes. Awards. Maybe some people don't measure, equate that to like a level of success. But, you know, we don't know what what awaits us at Emmy season. This show was amazing. Just to say the least. It was such a great show. Um, Elizabeth Olsen and Catherine Hahn like did amazing work for that show. The success of that show She acted the fuck out of that role. Elizabeth Olsen. Oh yeah. Or both of them. Both like, of them did amazing. Paul Benny did really good work oh, yeah. too. Yeah. Do you think that Marvel Studios obviously they don't plan for things not to be successful, but obviously this was formatted for television. Did you think that they expected it to be as successful and as talked about as it was? I don't think so. I mean, this thing got moved up, right? It got moved yeah. up or pushed back? Pushed back. Pushed back. Um, And, like, it was supposed to, like, two months later, we were supposed to have Doctor Strange without COVID. Obviously, that's not going to happen. So, I don't know. Like, I just... Part of it to me is that I think we move beyond origin stories that are just tied to... Loss and trauma without really diving and talking about it. Because this whole show is dedicated to the idea of loss and going through trauma and dealing with that grief, dealing with that aftermath. I feel like obviously we do have a lot of superhero origin stories that kind of come from that same realm. But I don't feel it did it as well as WandaVision did, where it's like it dedicated the whole entire series essentially to really tell you every facet of stage that Wanda was going through every in terms of her grief. Every episode was a, se- a separate stage of grief. And we talked about this one time when we were cleaning the house that like these superheroes go through trauma upon trauma upon trauma, but you don't really see it addressed in the sh- in the movies. And I'm like, right. this is the first time we get to see what are the the effects, the consequences of all of those things that have occurred. And we get to see mm-hmm. it through her. And she's, like, really going through it. So that only, like, begs the question, were the other Avengers just as, like, fucking unstable or going through the ringer as well? I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier answered that really well in terms of really discussing, first of all, trauma by someone who is going through PTSD. We have Bucky, who's obviously, you know, went through... World War II, he was brainwashed. And then you have him kind of dealing with the aftermath of living in the modern world when he's essentially not a product of the modern world. And then you have Falcon. You have um, Sam Wilson, who now we're having this conversation about race, which is something that I feel like movies tend to overlook. They always go for the metaphor when they talk about race. It always makes me it always makes me think about this episode of Teen Titans. Where they did a whole episode that dealed with racism, but they used Starfire as the character who was experiencing that racism. And she was talking about it and sharing her experiences because she's of another race, but from a different planet. The Trocky episode. But yeah. Which is essentially supposed to be the slur. And I understand for like a kid's television show, you you are going to address that in a manner where it's not super heavy. Because, you know, it's too it's too dark or it's too much for children. 
but I will combat it with this. Kids, essentially children that are pe- that are people of color or children that are part of the LGBT community, they deal with discrimination despite age. Whether you think about it or not, they do. I got called the F word, like the slur, when I was in like second grade. Discrimination and and stuff like that. I and hate has no age. When you whitewash it, when you like kind of like try to make it like a more lighter episode, but still talking about how heavy it is, I think you fail because really what you're doing is you're holding the hand of the the children that necessarily are not going to go through these experiences. And at the same time, not fully addressing what actual children that are Black, that are LGBT, are actually going to go through with. That's essentially where I think that I'm coming from when I talk, like, when they talk about this and sometimes it glosses it over. Like, because in that specific episode of Teen Titans, she is sharing these experiences of racism with Cyborg, who Uh is Black, you know? And then when she talks about everything that she's like, you two know what it's like to be, you know, to be judged by, like, where you come from or how you look. And his response is, of course I do. I'm part robot. As a kid, that really bugged me. The, the writers, I, I don't know, but it was very obvious that they just changed one word and they thought, like, kids are like, oh, because he looks like a cyborg. And I'm like, no, because he's when black. When I was a kid, I was like, it's because he's black. I mean, I understood it. But at the same time, it was like, what a cheap cop out, whatever you want to call what it. That's what I like about both of these shows is that they're not beating around the bush. They're like, no. this is what we're going to talk about. We've glossed over it so many times in different ways in the MCU. Let's talk about it. Wanda's all like, I'm going through grief. I am depressed. These, This is what's happening. In the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Sam is like, I am a black superhero, and that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's going to like me just because I'm a superhero. I mean, the whole show was really talking about the argument of why there needs to be a black yeah. Captain America. And the answer to who will be Captain America, it was never, oh, is it going to be Bucky or is it going to be Sam? No, no. It was always going to be Sam. It yes. was always going to be, the Falcon was going always going to become the new Captain America. We knew this. There's a whole comic kind of based on this, mm-hmm. too. And I'm not going to say I'm well-versed in all the comics, but I like that the show didn't go with this kind of like a buddy comedy where they're dealing with their misadventures and just really dived into the idea that like this character has PTSD. He's dealing with his own crimes. This other character is dealing with the consequences of being a superhero. And on top of that, being a black superhero, because mm-hmm. those experiences are completely different. And I like that they address that because one thing that I think they address really well is that movies, obviously, especially when they're movies about like teens and like a bigger ensemble, you don't get to really address yes. the individual consequences or the individual results or what happens afterwards. Because those teen movies are more about plot, I feel. Yeah, they're about plot. And you, do, and in an ensemble piece, you still have the main characters. In, yes. the, in the Avengers, the main characters were always Captain America and Iron Man. And so when you're moving forward with these kind of plots... I think you have to start addressing other fans. Like, Iron Man and Captain America does not speak to every fan. Like, other people are obviously still going to relate to it, but you still have to address it in real-world terms. Yeah, because you they could have written it off, Marvel being the way that they are. Oh, he's Captain America, la-di-da. Or they didn't like... accept him for these. And then, like, you know, really hint at the racism. But no, they really dive yes. into why. Because one of the characters in the show, Isaiah Bradley, what say like you should be Captain America or the people should know about you and then he said to Sam Wilson like there will never be a black Captain America because people don't want it to be I think that really sparked his interest to be like I want to be that and he has like nephews and he's like I want to be that to show to my own family to my own like community that we can aspire to be more and I loved the part where you know Bucky and Sam have this conversation where mm-hmm. because Steve chose essentially Sam, and in a perfect world, you're like, oh, yes. I remember people in the, in the audience clapped. Like, yes. In the show, they talk about the fact that, like, Steve did not think through about giving that shield 
to a black man. Yeah. And Bucky even apologized because in the beginning of the show, he was like, oh, how dare you? Mm-hmm. How could you give up the shield? Like, it meant so much to him and like so on and so on. And then he like apologized. He's like, I don't I don't know what that feels like. And I'll never know what it feels like to be like a black Captain America or a black man in America, period. And like Steve didn't even know that. He thought he was doing something good, which he was doing something I think good. This is a perfect show to discuss that sometimes when you are a person that is privileged or a person that is not marginalized, like other people maybe further marginalized and discriminated against, you sometimes do something with the goodness of your heart, but in reality, you create more problems. And you don't realize that sometimes when you view it from your perspective of privilege, you don't realize the consequences that you are creating for this person. Mm -hmm. An example, I mean, I can't relate to it as someone who is not black in that terms, but like I've had my own experiences where someone is trying to do something good for me and it's like, no, you're not helping me. You're making things worse. worse. Yeah. Um, You know, and that's kind of a situation, you know, I think some people of color go through, some people from the LGBT communities. Sometimes you trying to help me without actually allowing me to have my own voice and make the decision for myself. Because that was another thing. It wasn't really a decision that Sam had. It was like, Steve just gave him the shield. I decided you're the new Captain America. This guy literally just like, fought, almost died, worked really hard to bring you back. You had gotten dusted. Are you really going to look at his old ass face? Because he was old. And let's not talk about that damn plot hole. That makes no sense. Why yes. he's sitting on that damn bench. We can go for hours about that. And tell him no. Yeah. And that's another thing. It's manipulative. If you look at it from the perspective of someone who is a person of color or doesn't have the same privileges, when someone bestows something on you, sometimes you feel like you don't have the choice to say no. And I think what's beautiful about the show, because obviously if you guys have watched the show, spoilers if you haven't, like... Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, U.S. agent is a Captain America. He's the new Captain America, and he has the shield. And, like, the entire time, Sam doesn't want to get the shield. He's like, I'm not Captain America. Like, he's Captain America. And, like, when they do get the shield and he decides to train, at that moment, it was his decision to become Captain America. He's like, I will be Captain America. I have given it away. I got it back. I have this shield in front of me. Now Now I have to make a choice. And he made his choice. And I think it was important for him to have the reflection. And the people that convinced him were not white people. Because not even Bucky could have convinced him to. No, because Bucky told him. And he's like, well, that was my decision. And that was what's final. But ultimately, what convinced him was Isaiah Bradley and his sister. Right. People that are the people that are experiencing what it's like to be black and especially what it's like to be black in a Marvel cinematic universe. They could have, like I said, they could have written it off to be a perfect world, but I'm glad that they didn't. I'm glad that the issue is still there. And I think this ties back to wishing Chi. And when he came out, there was a lot of people said he wasn't hot enough to be the superhero because he didn't meet beauty standards or he didn't meet the standards of what, I don't know exactly from where this argument was coming from, but there it goes again, that we are measuring who can be a superhero based on the standards of attractiveness, attractiveness, or you're not white enough, or you're Eurocentric not features? You're too much of your race. That's the argument that comes down to it when it comes to these experiences. I think there's something very powerful about Anthony Mackie finally becoming Captain America that is so inspirational, especially because Captain America's outfit is, you know, the, the stars and the stripes and, you know, the government, of the United States and, for a black man to take on that mantle, I think it really defines what it means to be Captain America. Yeah. In a completely different way. It's powerful. And I'm really excited to see, you know, the next movie. Yeah. Because a lot of people were saying that, like, U.S. agent is... We're gonna about to get political. Political. Um, U.S. agent represents, like, United States, like, now intruding other countries telling people what to do being very assertive and and sam's version of captain america represents like the hope and the 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 root ideologies that is america and i think that was so incredible that the way that they were able to portray that on screen and i i really cannot wait for captain america 4 to come out
jumping back a little bit to WandaVision and kind of having this conversation about real world, what I really liked about WandaVision, because I feel like every time we talk about WandaVision, it's an episode we don't put out. I want to give it its... It's it's moment to shine. It's moment to shine. Because WandaVision was really the show. This is Pride Month. The girlies and the gays. And the gays. And the gays. It was... It was a show for them. You know, in, in some kind of humor, but some kind of realisticness. WandaVision set up some so many things that I am excited about. First of all, she gave birth to two LGBT characters that are really big in Young Avengers. Especially Wiccan, who is um, Billy. He's kind of a central figure, which I'm really interested in the fact that, like, they've kind of, like, decided not to include gay characters before or not as outwardly. Like, Valkyrie, you know, she's, she's supposed to be, like, or... bisexual... But apparently she was the first openly gay character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But how come tell me that? I didn't even know. Right. I was supposed to know from a knowing look from this portrait scene. Yeah, that, that, she, that was her. That was her lover. Yeah. I mean, yes, I understood the subtext. But I hate that it's all subtext. It's not implied. It's, yeah. No, it's all implied. Not that it's not implied. It's all implied. It's not stated as I'm I'm hoping with these new shows, like we said, that they're very upfront about what they're trying to talk about. I really hope that... They're very upfront about having their their gay characters or their LGBTQ yes, plus community characters. Billy is such a obviously he has them him and um what's his name? I always forget his name. It's Billy Ann. Tommy. No, Tommy is his brother, but I'm talking about Oh, his, his like uh Teddy. Yeah. Um Hulkling. I know him as a superhero. It's a really cute name. Yeah. So they're kind of the center one of the center couples in the Young Avengers. I mean, they're definitely the most popular one that I can think of. You can't ignore it. You can't write it off. You can't gloss over it. They're kind of the couple. Mm-hmm. Just kind of kind of ironically in the Avengers, Wanda and Vision became the couple, even though we've already had a whole bunch of couples before that. They kind of became the Avenger couple. Yeah. Because they were part of the same Cause team. Because like, Pepper wasn't part of the Avengers. She wasn't. And it was, they all had their kind of side, and their their romances weren't the main plot of their, yeah. of their storyline. Whereas before WandaVision, like Wanda and Vision's plot, their romance became their main plot. Yes. And albeit probably one of the best plots of the series that I think became an amazing fucking show. And essentially influenced Phase 4. Because if it was not for her grief and her love for this character, Vision, this android, this man... You wouldn't have what's really catapulting everything else forward. Exactly. She she opens so many plots. Like, obviously, everything that Marvel does... It's is intentional. In, ...is intentional and is sometimes very open-ended. It felt very open-ended at the end of season... Yeah, think, of season one of WandaVision, because there's no season two. I think people complain that it was there was no definitive conclusion. I'm like, well, first of all, the girl is coming back for Doctor Strange 2. Mm-hmm. I don't think... I don't know if she's going to be, like, 100% a hero. A lot of people are like, oh, she's going to be the villain, probably. I don't think she's going to be the villain. Why make us go through her journey, sympathize with her, give us this beautiful story? She was already a villain. That was called Age of Ultron. She already had that redemption arc. This is, this goes beyond that. Yes, she, you know, she captured these people and enslaved them in, in the world. And I'm not saying that should go without consequence. There's obviously going to go consequences with it. And I think we see her guilt. Yeah. She's going to have to deal with that guilt moving forward. That's, that's I think, that's her storyline moving forward. I'm not saying she's a faultless character. What I'm saying is it would be such a waste to have her become a villain. And then I know what plot they're going to go if they do that. If they make her a villain and we follow that plot, we're going to see that whole, like, sacrifice at the end where she sacrifices her life. And that's how she redeems herself. Sounds very familiar to how a lot of the women die in the marvel cinematic universe that's really annoying i'm like why don't you just let them have a fucking story and i think out of all the characters in the mcu she suffered the most kind of ironically it's tony's fault that she suffers a lot yeah because first of all because of his weapons he killed her parents yes and then once again he created the the bots the the ultron bots and killed his brother Mm-hmm. And then once again in chose um, to lock her up. Chose to lock her up in Civil War, and he said, "Didn't he say she was like a weapon?" Yeah, and ultimately that created a drift within the Avengers, and that would affect the actions of Infinity War because they were not together. 
they could not protect vision to the highest capability and then so she lost vision and then on top of that they like i don't know who decided to give the body away yeah because that body was no longer she said she showed up at wakanda yeah and that body was no longer there i hope because at the end of wandavision he got his memories back like i hope there's in some well he's not gonna remember that oh my god i need to know I, I really... I I'm curious. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm dead ass certain because Tony at the end started to want to take responsibility with the government a lot. I'm dead certain he donated the body. That's crap. That I, was a part- That's my theory. Okay. That's my theory. That's my... In my head, my own my own head canon. Oh. <laughs> but like, who else? I don't... First of all, I don't think Captain America would have donated the body. Also, I don't think he has that kind of power. No, at, at that point, he was still kind of like Loki from the run, from the run, Loki on <laughs> <all> the run <laughs> from the government. I don't think the other characters would have. I think also Cause Bruce. Because I, I think all the other Bruce characters. Bruce had acknowledged as well that he was becoming a human. Yeah, that like he had emotions and he had like memories and created bonds. And I think Tony, because he, I don't know how often he saw Vision, but I feel like he still saw him as something that he created. If anything, I feel what WandaVision and Falcon yeah, and the Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier did I know what you're is say. villainize Iron Man and Captain, Captain America. America. Because ultimately what they would do, I'm not saying the, the actors or the characters. No. I'm just saying that's how when you make a wide world, where you make a world where everything is connected like this and you, you expand this multi-universe world. There are consequences for not making sure that everything is airtight. It raises questions. It's hard to contain everything. Yeah, and and keep it continuous and keep it moving forward. Because essentially what you did with WandaVision, having her have all these flashbacks that kind of delves into her trauma, it only made me hate Tony. Yes, I know she's a a grown-ass woman and she needs to take responsibility for what she was doing in WandaVision. But I'm talking about the trauma she was dealing with as a child. Yeah. As a teenager. As a young adult. Moving, you know, like, the fact that, like, they know that her brother died and no one really comforted yeah, her. Yeah, I was thinking Vision. about that in the shower today. I'm like, why y'all not going in there and watching TV and watching Malcolm in the Middle with her? That's the thing. It's like, they walk, they, I understand maybe she doesn't know them and she's not comfortable to have these conversations. But, like, they damn well know that, like, they took her in and they know that her brother just died. Yeah. And they definitely knew their her background because they also dived into it when they were like going over their files. I pinpoint too, unlike fucking Steve Rogers and uh Clint Barton, because I'm like, you guys were supposedly like really close with her. And no comfort. He didn't comfort her when her brother died, apparently. To me it and makes then, it very ironic. And then, and then at the I thought at some point in WandaVision, his ass, like, Clint Hawkeye's ass was going to show up and be like, oh, my God, like, you're not, like, we're friends. I know who you are. I know that you lost your brother. I named your my fucking child, like, after your brother. I thought they would have had some kind of, like, close relationship, but apparently fucking not. And nobody checked on her. At the end of the day, it just proves to me personally that men are trash. Going because on. who's the person that actually tries to comfort her besides Vision? Yeah. Once he's gone, who's actually trying to help her deal with her trauma? And at the end, doesn't even villainize her. Monica. Oh, I love her. Obviously, she related because her mother had died. But her whole plot wasn't even... She's like, I refuse to villainize her because she is going through so much. She's and people grief. And people keep throwing more shit at her. Yeah. Of course she's going to snap. You don't think after you lost your brother, after you lost the love of your life, you're not really welcoming your team anymore because your team doesn't exist. And that was the last, honestly, stability that you had. You go to the plot of land that the love of your life bought you. You open it up and you see the deed says to grow old. And you don't think you're going to snap? Oh, my God. When she, like, broke, I was like, I broke. I'm like, I, I was like, all those, like, townspeople in WandaVision, I felt what she felt. I'm like, oh, my God. It fucking hurt. And I imagine being the fucking character. Like, everything was going to be, like, the cards were going to align. They wanted a normal life. For two people who are incredibly not normal. Normal, in quotations. She didn't have normal. Like, literally, she was 10 or, like, 12. I forget how old she was when, like, the bomb exploded and killed her parents and her brother. 
and her were the only ones that were alive. And then after that, like they were experimented on and they were like manipulated to become agents of Hydra or Ultron's agents or whatever. And then finally, like Clint convinced them to go to the good side. And then after that, like they took her in and first of all, did not comfort her except Vision. And then after that fact, she disappeared. And then when she came back, it was very obvious in the in the movie that they were trying to show her that she was still very detached from everybody else. It, what it proved to me is that this damn team, they need like some, you know, like at work they need as some... teachers, we get mental health day counseling or mental health day training. They need some team building exercises. They need team building exercises. They suck as a team. You know, when like Natasha's all like, this is my family. I'm like, maybe for you. Right. Also, I was going to say, going back to like, not hating characters, but not liking characters as much. In Falcon and the Winter Soldier, a lot of people on TikTok were like, so Steve is trash. That's the thing to me is like, it. what WandaVision cemented to me is that Iron Man is an asshole. And he only chooses to take in certain people. Because like, he took, he took in Peter as kind of like his adopted son. Beca- and cared about him and that was his motivation to rejoin the Avengers which is uh, whatever like it, it kind of bugs me a little bit because like Wanda was like the youngest up until before Peter really like was involved in all of this like Wanda was the youngest Avenger yeah like she was like a young adult at most in her 20s which I'm not saying is super young what I'm saying is she was the youngest member and also he damn well knew that the reason she became a villain originally was because he killed her parents through his weapons, which is, is that not the reason that motivated him to become a superhero because of his guilt? Yeah. Of how he affected other people? Yeah. In other countries? Like, you, would, you would think you'd be kind of understanding, but apparently fucking not. But I was going to say about fucking Steve Rogers. Let's talk about Steve. I've, so I've complained about Iron Man. Let's talk about Steve. He up and left his best friend of like, 70 plus years for some 1940s posts. Okay, that narrative made no lick of sense to me. First of all, was not, (laughs) was not Civil War when she had died. Did she not tell him, move the fuck on, dude? She technically told him in Winter Soldier. But like, past the Civil War. She'd be telling him. (laughs) With the death, not the nail in that coffin. He was all like, I don't. I don't see the hints, and then Peggy's all like, move on, and then he's like, I didn't see them. My eyes are closed. I didn't like, listen to a fucking word you, you said. You literally carried her casket. Was that not, like, literally the death of that love being over? Like, homeboy didn't understand the metaphors in his own movies. And then, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he has this, like, picture of her. Yeah. But he just kissed the knees in the other movie. I'm like, <laughs> I am confused. I'm like... It was first of all in a first of all in a direct civil war or they did they did first of all inappropriate you're kissing like you're like loves like great knees that could have essentially been your great knees had you guys like that to me was the equivalent of you never like Joey and friends doing that play he's like I'm gonna go blah 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 and you'll be old and I'll still be young I'm gonna meet I want to meet your granddaughter. Yeah. Because he wants to say, basically telling the love of his life that I want to fuck your granddaughter if I can't fuck you. Yeah. That was the equivalent. He was being a very Joe Tribbiani in that play. He was. He was being a Tribbiani. And and then to me, his conclusion with like Peggy and that whole entire arc and that story with her was over in Civil War. Why the fuck did they bring it up again in Endgame? Where did this come from? And I think what bugs me, I understand because their excuse, and I feel like the reason they made this whole explanation. This is why I think, personally, my own theory, why they did that whole explanation about creating new timelines when you do certain things. Here's why. They wanted to make an excuse of they did not want to have fans have react to say that he did not give her the agency to stay married to her husband. Like, he rewrote her future. He's like, no, I went back in the past and I met up with the one that was still single and that created a new timeline. Then how are you on the damn bench, fool? First of all, you should have your ass should have been on the platform. Some people have argued like, well, technically, because they returned the stones, it like realigns the timelines. I'm like, okay, okay, so that means he did screw her over. Either you're telling me she screwed her over, or the timeline, or the time travel made no sense. Both. Which side are you picking? Because it doesn't look good on either. I was gonna say either one. You choose. 
he doesn't fucking win. No, it to me it felt very fan fictiony, very yes. fan servicey, and that's I think why I think they obviously personally Infinity War is the better of the yeah. two movies. Obviously, he, the actor Chris Evans, did not want to be in the movies anymore, so they wrote him a way out, and they're like, oh, he gets like to have a conclusion but to his that character, made more sense? and like, why not just kill him? Wouldn't that have made more sense for him to die? Yes. Instead of Tony? Yes. Because Tony had a like a wife and a family. That's another thing. That Tony made no sa- sense to me. Tony's sacrifice, like, homegirl Peppa did not be hustling all day for her husband to die. Honestly, she, she showed her ass up there at the fucking battle. And then for him, for her to just go, you can rest now. I'd be, I know she's a badass, but like. Our, our homegirl Pepper slash Gwyneth. I would be like, if I was her, I'm like, let's go get the stones again. But you know what? <laughs> Avengers think, Endgame Part 2. But you know, just as, just as Chris Evans wanted to leave, I bet you like homegirl Gwyneth was all like, <laughs> he got killed off. That means I don't have to be any do more movies. Because you can tell she was only doing She's like, I am movie. a fucking widow. Well, she's admitted that she only did the movies because they paid her well. And also because um, Robert Downey Jr. and um, what's his name? The guy who, John Favreau, are, like, her really good friends. She did them as favors to her friends. Which is, like, controversial figure as she is. Our goopstress. I... Are we talking about how her character... Her character would not buy goop. No, I I think it's very ironic that Gwyneth Paltrow plays a character so well who would hate Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes, that's acting. Pepper would never buy goop. Oh, no, she's like, that's fucking stupid. (laughs) A vagina candle. (laughs) But you know what? Maybe that's just the genius that is Gwyneth Paltrow as an actress. Give her her Academy Award. She has one. She has one. For Shakespeare in Love. Yes, she does. Give her another one. <laughs> I don't care if the movie came out like two years ago. Give her another one. Oh my Back God. to what I was going to say about Captain America and the Winter Soldier. He up and left his friend Bucky to go be with Peggy, who he knew for a month or two. Also, also. Also, 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 you're going back to the past. You know you're going to stay. Why not ask your friend, do you want to come back with me where things are a little bit more normal for you too? Yeah. Not just, let me leave you there. Also, Supposedly they gave each other like that knowing look where he knew that yeah, he wasn't like, coming back. But then that also like begs another question. Like he went back in time. He knew that Bucky was captured. Right. And did nothing. No, he was just waiting for the one that was still frozen in the water to do all that work for him. Yeah. He's like, because he's like, I can't mess up the timeline, but you already did. Also, well, like you're old. Theoretically, you're still alive with Peggy. That other guy is going to get dethawed. Yeah. What is he going to do? Oh my God. I guess it's a circle. It becomes a circle. Wanda's going to be like, I have to fucking fix everything. <laughs> She's like, this never fucking happened. And now, but then you see the consequences of Steve leaving and Bucky because Bucky's like, I'm in therapy because I have no one to talk to about shared experience. Like, who the fuck else was, like, captured in the early 40s or frozen and then, like, brought back to did modern the show? Times? I didn't watch the show in completion. Did it? Did Was he mad at him? I don't think he was mad at him. He, I feel but like don't you think the he story... He should have been. Don't you think, like, story-wise, it would make more sense for him, his emotional journey to admit, like, I'm angry at Steve for what... Yeah. He did say how, like, by Sam giving up the shield, like, that was the last part of family that he had because, like, Steve had left. But, like... And then the shield was the last thing, but transferring, I'm, like, Transferring that anger to, like... Sam, I, I get it. It's symbolic. But, like, also, it needs to address the fact that he's angry at Steve. Yes, he is angry at Steve. I think that's and how I would And they didn't talk pulled. about it. We know he's angry. Everybody's mad that Steve left and left his friend. It's for... very obvious that they were in love. And not the only... I'm not even going to get there. It's pride. We shouldn't be talking about things that upset happy, us. Happy pride, Steve and Bucky. <laughs> but I'm like, he didn't even leave him anything. He left him a book. A book. Not even some pair of shoes or something. Didn't set him up for anything. No. Nothing. Because their, like, story was done. And I'm like... Well, like, are we really surprised? This is a team that apparently does not check up on each other. Because Wanda right. was going through so many stages of damn grief. She, like, captured a whole town. Who knows? God knows how long. Not one Avenger went in to check up on her. Pobrecita. They weren't like, where's Miss Wanda? <laughs> I know. Isn't, like, it also makes me mad that we find out later, like, in recent interviews, like, I think, like, last week, that they admitted that the reason 
the commercials were originally intended to be Doctor Strange communicating yes. with Wanda. I'm like, oh, so there was an Avenger that was going to go help her. And I understand he's going to probably help her in Doctor Strange 2. First of all, that would have connected the movie and her... It would have made a little bit, like, connected it more. Second of all, that makes more sense to some other superhero would be like, well, there's some shit going, going on. on. I need to go fix that. I have told you, and we talked about this, I don't know why they present the public with, like, this is the original script, and it was the better, better script. Better, better. Better, but They also released recently that, like, um, Agatha was going to be um, more aligned with the comic, which she's actually Wanda's mentor and not the villain. Yeah, I thought, they're like, let me tell you how it could have been better, and we didn't do it. I think a lot of things were rewritten for the purpose of COVID. Okay, Because originally the confrontation with the the townspeople were that they actually physically fought her. Oh my god, while they were having, like, pitchforks and shit? I don't know, I think it was, like, more like zombie-like fighting where Agatha was really controlling them and, like, kind of putting what they were wanting to say in their mouths or whatever. And obviously they had to rewrite that because of COVID touching or whatever. I'm like, they could have done, if they could not have put... Benedict Cumberbatch into the fucking show. Just do what Kat Dennings did. Just CGI her in there. Stunt double. Stunt double. Do something. Go get the bitch from Avengers Campus. Put him in there and put your face. I don't care. I wanted a better story. Also. It was a good story, but it could have been better from what they had said. Don't say. If you have something better, just don't say it. Don't say. It's like the Star Wars script. I don't, I don't even want to talk about how amazing... The Rise of Skywalker was before... Could have been. How, well, the script was amazing. Mm-hmm. Before they went up and changed everything. Because mm-hmm. Disney didn't like it. And I'm like, so you don't like good stories, Disney? Um, This went really long-winded tangent. Uh, I don't even know how much of this is actually going to be in the episode. I don't remember how we got here. How did we get here? Yeah. It was a lot. <laughs> Um, we are going to end it pretty soon because we do have a farmer's market we oh, want to attend. Oh, Market on Maple. I love that. It sounds like we're a small town. Right. Give me that Stars Hollow vibes. I want to live like I'm in Gilmore Girls. Except with more people of color. Hopefully they have kettle corn. My mom loves kettle corn. I think my mom's coming. Are you going to like buy it and save it? Fuck it. I'm going to buy it I will say, if you leave it a really long time, that shit tastes... It doesn't taste good anymore. It tastes... Rancio. That's what my mom would say. (laughs) It's rancio. Taste nasty if you like. If you like, wait a really long. Obviously, if it goes back, yeah. it'll spoil. Is well, pretty much what I'm. We'll see you. what we can find, and we'll let you guys know what happened at the farmers market. Okay. Well, I'm really excited that we're back to talking. I think we we went in really hard today. We're like, yeah. mm. we'll we'll see what makes we'll see what makes it into the episode before we'll see what makes it into the episode. But okay, okay, guys, that's gonna be you know that's it. We're back. Um, we're gonna have a lot of episodes come out this summer. We're gonna have a lot of backup episodes. Because I'm going to tell you one thing, being a teacher and being a student, as maybe some of you know, or most of you know, it's hard work and it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of time. And to be a student or a teacher during a pandemic, I applaud you. And if you really need to talk to someone or seek out help, like do so, because I was going through it. Like my depression was like no other and I didn't really seek help. And I think that's something I want to take advantage of in the summer is actually finally going to therapy oh i know i know i've been talking about it for years and i did it I always, very briefly in college i should have done it when i was very depressed and i didn't do it's it it's harder when you're really yeah. really depressed it's harder to find motivation in a lot of things yeah and maybe we'll talk about it as an episode mental mental health, health. because in in tandem with pride we need to talk about a lot of the reasons that a lot of lgbt youth related deaths have to do with suicide and because we're not taking the time to really address the damaging consequences that a lot of discrimination and bullying does to youth and that mental health doesn't get addressed yeah well we will definitely talk about that during the pride episode there's a a lot of things that i want to talk about in the coming you know days and weeks when we're recording new episodes you know we're obviously going to dedicate our time to talk about pride you know, what's it evolved to, where it started. And I also just really want to talk about, like, my own experiences with Pride and what's my perfect Pride. Oh, my God. I know. I, you know what I I know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> for me, my own personal experience. Yeah. Um, but we're just really excited that we're back. And we really hope that you're still listening. I know. I know. We've been gone a really long time. So, once again... uh 
You can follow us on Instagram, on Spotify. Yeah, we are Game of J on Instagram. We, we can do the link tree there that can lead you to the wherever platforms that you want to listen. So listen where you can listen, subscribe where you can subscribe. And we're back. We are back. And um, send this to your friends. Send this to your mom. Send it to your dad. A ver qué pasa. Do it. Um, so thank you guys for listening and don't forget to be baddies. Alrighty guys. So start of, well, it's not the summer yet, as you've told me, but it's <laughs> heading there. We'll, we'll get through this s'mores frappuccino this summer together, you guys. And Dairy Queen Blizzard. No one cares about that. Yes, people do <laughs> care about the Dairy Queen Blizzard. Don't get me fucking started. No, they were really good.